Hello, humans. Hello, hello, hello. Good Monday morning to you. Hello, how are you? How are you? This is Ellie Krug with Ellie 2.0 Radio. I am thrilled to be with you this Monday morning in October. Uh, yes, October. I hate saying that, actually. I'd rather be saying Monday morning in June, but there you go. Welcome to LE 2.0 Radio on AM 950. Uh, this is where I talk about practical idealism and what it means to be an idealist. Hopefully you've heard this show before. I hope you have. If you are new, guess what? Regular listeners, I'm going to say right now because I always have to say it. My name is Ellie Krug. Um, yes, it sounds like I'm a man. Um, from my voice on the radio, that's because I'm one of the relatively few transgender radio hosts in the world. Regular listeners can just sort of recite that now. But I need to tell new listeners that so they have some idea of why this doesn't seem to fit with the name. All right. Um, so we're going to, we have a great show. I'm going to talk about. Uh, an idealist uh, that got on my radar recently uh, because he got arrested, so I'll talk about him. Then we have, uh, later on in the show, for the big interview, um, Nick Ohm from Mosier.org, a 22-year-old idealist trying to change the world um, uh, across the world. And I think you'll be really very impressed by what Nick has to say and what he's doing. And then in my third segment, my Block C, I'll talk a little bit more about my work and talk um, again about my upcoming public event training on November 5th for Gray Area Thinking. But right now, let me talk about uh, the Reverend William Barber II, who is a pastor out of North Carolina who got on my radar, okay, got on my radar because uh, he had been announced as a one of the recipients of a MacArthur Genius Grant. And as it turned out, he got, uh, he got that grant on the, at the, he heard about that grant on the very same day that he was being arrested in Chicago for protesting in support of McDonald's restaurant workers seeking to unionize. Now, the Reverend William Barber II, Reverend Barber, is an African-American man, 55 years old, um, married, has five children, but does not publicly talk about his family because apparently he is the subject of a number of death threats. Um, but he is a pastor with a rather small congregation in rural North Carolina, but that does not mean anything as it relates to his impact. Um, some may recall Reverend Barber speaking at the 2016 Democratic National Convention, where he gave a rousing speech. But most of you, I suspect, are not aware of his work because he's mainly been working in North Carolina, where until recently he was the NAACP's, that's the National Association of Advancement of Colored People, uh, Colored Persons. Uh, he was the chair, chapter leader in North Carolina for the NAACP. Turns out that the North Carolina chapter is the second largest NAACP chapter in the U.S., so he had some clout just to begin with. The thing that I love about Reverend Barber is that He's not a demagogue. He is not demonizing anyone. He's actually somebody who talks about unifying people, about building coalitions. And he likes talking about humanity. These are all the things that your, yours truly believes in. I tout myself as a unifier, not a divider. And um, Reverend Barber seems to be uh, cut from the same cloth, so to speak. Beginning in April 2013... Um, soon after North Carolina elected um, Pat McCrory as its governor, beginning in April of 2013, Reverend Bar Barber began what um, became dubbed Moral Mondays at the North Carolina State House, where protesters peace peacefully gathered in the North Carolina State Capitol building to protest state policies against voter rights, gerrymandering, cuts to social programs, abortion rights, and public education. Those protesters were, were, were advocating on behalf of people who don't have voices. And, and Reverend Barber is really, really good at providing voice to those who are invisible, 
Now, those uh, protests, which are peaceful, nonetheless, are um, civil disobedience. And um, as Moral Mondays took off, an average of 25 people, 2,500 people, excuse me, have shown up at the North Carolina State Legislature, State House, on every Monday morning. Um, uh, in early 2017, at one rally, 80,000 people showed up. In the first year of Moral Monday protests, 924 people were arrested. Reverend Barber was one of the first people arrested. He has been arrested, I believe, a total of nearly of 15 times um, as he's done his social activism work. Those, uh, the, the arrest of the Moral Monday protesters has created a huge burden on the North Carolina courts with everybody demanding a trial. This is a tactic straight out of uh, the civil rights movement of the 50s and early 60s, straight out of it. Um, and some people actually have been acquitted and others have been convicted of, um, pro of um, trespassing uh, at the State House. Um, now, the Moral Mondays, and Reverend Barber has, uh, he's, he's activated Moral Mondays in other places of the country, including Florida, Alabama, Missouri, and Indiana. Um, the Moral Mondays movement in North Carolina is credited in part as one of the reasons why Pat McCrory was defeated for governor, the governorship in North Carolina in 2016. Cornell West, if you watch Bill Maher on HBO, Cornell West is a professor at Princeton. He's a regular guest on Bill Maher's um, show on Friday nights. Cornell West has called Reverend Barber, quote, the closest person we have to Dr. King, unquote, today. Reverend Barber has argued that we can't keep fighting, we can't keep fighting in our silos, that the fight should be with all of us together, that all of us need to get together to advocate for humans who do not have a voice of their own. Um, and Reverend Barber does all of this work with a disability. He has a severe form of arthritis, which makes it very difficult for him to walk. He's also founded... Um, a Reapers of the Breach Coalition um, pushing for broad social justice, a broad social justice agenda. The thing about Reverend Barber is that he is a man flying under the radar right now in our country in, in many ways, doing incredibly important coalition building work. We need that. We need that not not just for the Democratic Party, but we need that as a country. We have forgotten. I mean, tribal politics has so gotten in the way, tribal identities, who we are, us versus them. What Reverend Barber does is he, he preaches a different, a different philosophy, one that we're all in it together, that all of us are together, that we shouldn't demonize the other side, that we should love the other side that we should, we should focus on our commonalities as humans, but that we need to talk about the things that are keeping people back, like a lack of education, a lack of, of livable wages, a lack of uniform health care. And, and the, thing, the reason I wanted to highlight him is the fact that he has this monolithic approach to all humans and, and that he's not a divider. You know, us idealists, it's not easy. You're going to hear in the upcoming segment um, with Nick Alm about how it's not easy to be an idealist when you're in the business world. Us idealists have to think in loftier terms. We have to think in ways that transcend um, the identities that are going on in our country right now. We have to have a vision in our head, us idealists, about how the world can be a better place. And that, and that has to be that vision that we will hear, that, that vision that, that drives us. Obviously, Reverend Barber has that vision in his head about how all humans can be good to each other. I urge you to read up on Reverend Barber. I urge you to follow him. Learn about where he's going next. I don't know if he's coming to Minnesota, but if he does, you can be sure that I will be there. 
to hear him speak. We need to support idealists like Reverend Barber. I mean, yeah, maybe you need to write a check. I'm sorry, but maybe you do. But certainly follow him on social media. And most of all, will you remember this, please, as you go forward this week? Will you remember the need that that we cannot get change in our country without becoming uncomfortable? You know, I think getting arrested is probably one of the highest forms of being uncomfortable. I mean, there are other forms of being uncomfortable that are even worse than that, that many idealists put themselves um, at risk of incurring. But we cannot get where we need to be without putting ourselves in positions where it's a difficult conversation or it's a difficult setting. I'm feeling that that um, perspiration on the back of my neck right now because of what is being said in the room and oh my god what will I say in response and how will I be kind when I say it idealists we have to work for it but when we do the payoff can be immense I mean that well there you go that's Reverend uh, William Barber the second um, out of North Carolina somebody to get on your radar you're listening to me Ellie Krug on Ellie 2.0 radio hopefully you have me on your radar on this show we talk about practical idealism if you like what you hear visit my website at elliekrug.com email me I love hearing from listeners email me at elliejkrug at gmail.com when we come back we'll go into my interview the big interview with Nick Alm thanks at Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. As we head into fall, get your vehicle service done at Rudy Luther Toyota. Regardless of where you've purchased your vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota is your number one destination for auto service and repair. Routine maintenance or a larger repair, easily schedule your appointment on their website, RudyLutherToyota.com. That's RudyLutherToyota.com. They're fast, courteous, and they get the job done right. And considering my schedule, I trust them. Get your vehicle ready for the cooler weather with a trip to Rudy Luther Toyota, five miles west of downtown Minneapolis on 394. Hello, humans. It's Ellie Krug with Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many know that I have a diversity and inclusion company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I want to share about a speaking event I'll be hosting on Monday, November 5th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Loft Literary Center in Minneapolis. I'll be giving my gray area thinking talk on how to be welcoming to others. I'd love for you to join me. Go to elliekrug.com and look at the Human is Human public events page for more. Please come and please tell others. See you then. Hey, podcast fans, did you know that StandUpRecords.com has live comedy CDs of some of your favorite podcast personalities? Folks like Jackie Cation of the Dork Forest, Robert Kelly of You Know What Do, the Sklar Brothers from Sklarbro Country, Doug Stanhope from Doug Stanhope's Podcast, and Mark Marin from WTF. You've heard them for free. Why not consider spending some money to find out what they do for a living? Just head on over to StandUpRecords.com or look for Stand-Up Records at Amazon.com or the iTunes Music Store. That's StandUpRecords.com. Branding Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. And we are back on 
AM 950 LE 2.0 Radio. Hello again. Oh my goodness, I tell you, I could talk all day about Reverend William Barber II and the work that he is doing in our country. I think most of us have not heard it, as I said earlier, and, you know, this is a person to get on your radar and to follow. And then speaking of people to get on your radar and to follow, um, that brings us to our guest. I have Nick Alm here from the nonprofit named Mosier. Nick, welcome. Hi, Ellie. I'm Thanks just, for having me. Oh, I'm just so thrilled that you're here. And um, and and Nick, uh, I'm I'm fairly uh, early on understanding about your organization, Mosier. Mm-hmm. But why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Because it's doing some really fundamental, funky, in my word, funky work in the sense that it's innovative. Yes. So one of the listeners, remember, we talk about the need for curiosity and imagination in the work as it relates to being an idealist. So, Nick, go ahead. Tell us about Mosier, and welcome to LE 2.0 Radio. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. Uh, Mosier has been the most amazing ride for the past two and a half years, in short. We are a coalition builder of corporations, NGOs, nonprofits, and institutions of higher education, and we work on local, national, and global barriers to employment in the LGBTQ community. Okay. All right. That was a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, um, so where are you doing that work, and what kind of barriers are we talking about? Yeah, so this all started globally two and a half years ago when we started interviewing LGBT organizations in East Africa and in Kenya and in about 72 countries globally, you really can't have a job and be an out individual. And so a lot of HIV organizations and LGBT groups, they work with LGBT LGBT populations who are also identify as entrepreneurs. Okay, so let's just stop here and let me fill in the color a little bit. We've mm-hmm. got 70, 72 countries in the world where yes. it is illegal mm-hmm. to be LGBTQ, is that right? Correct. And in how many countries can you lose your life? I mean, that the government will kill you. There are about eight countries. Eight countries where not only is it illegal, mm-hmm. but it is punishable by death to be LGBTQ and out. Is that right? Correct. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, horrible. All right. How did? So you're working with people in these 72 countries. I mean, you're just starting, but you're you're helping them become entrepreneurs is that right correct why is that why do they need to be entrepreneurs because what we noticed right away from our early interviews was that first and foremost people wanted to be in control of their own destinies and they didn't want some u.s-based western lgbt organization coming in and telling them how to set up their movements so first and foremost we respect that and the other thing that we learned right away was that if you don't have a job that leads to a lot of issues as far as health care housing food all of those basic necessities that you need to even start thinking about uh, policy and human rights. If you don't have a job and you're not economically empowered, that's kind of the beginning of your issue. So that's where we work. We fund businesses, we support them, we help them with business planning, and then we step out. Okay, So, but these are, right now you're working with uh, businesses and or, um, LGBTQ individuals in what countries? Kenya and Uganda right now. Oh gosh, Uganda. Okay, now is Uganda? It is. That's not a, a a country where it's punishable by death. Is that right? No. In 2014, they attempted to pass the death penalty. Right. And it failed. And there was some actually some American support for that. Is that right? There was a lot of American money that poured into that battle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so um, I want to come back to the work of Mosier, but mm-hmm. can you first explain why is it named Mosier? Yep. You know, where did that come from, and um, how does that that background help to um, propel you forward? Right. So the name Mosier is really built on the intergenerational legacy of Kevin Mosier, who in 1985 here in Minnesota started the company RSVP Vacations. It was the beginning of the what is now a $50, $60 billion gay travel industry. And... Kevin Mosier was a mentor to a man named Charlie Rounds, who became my mentor. And when Kevin passed away, he left about $14 million in a foundation. And Charlie and I, uh, at the time, when we were just thinking of this concept, received the final check from the Mosier Foundation. Who is Charlie Rounds? Charlie Rounds, was a, he's an LGBT activist here in Minnesota, has been for the last 40 years, uh, a total radical Minnesotan in every sense. Oh, maybe I need him on my show. No, you, I think you might need to. <laughs> or maybe not, because he uh, can be a lot, and I love him to death. But I, I met Charlie, and 
it was so rare to meet a businessman and somebody who was LGBT and married and over the age of 40. I was 19 at the time, so that was never a, it was never something that I got to experience. Right, and uh, so the audience now knows um, you're 22, is that Correct. right? Okay, and I'll come back to that age in a second about being an idealist at such a young age. So you got the last check from the Mosier Foundation before it expended all of its funds. Correct. And then you went forward and or and named created a nonprofit named Mosier. Mm -hmm. Correct? Correct. All right. And you have a you know, you're a nonprofit under Minnesota law. You've got a, um, a board of directors and all mm -hmm. of that. Is that right? Correct. If somebody wants to while I'm thinking about it, if somebody wants to find out about Mosier.org, how could they do that? Where would they go? Yeah, if you're a social media person, all of our handles are Mosier MN at Mosier MN and there's two S's in Mosier and then Mosier.org has also got listings on all of our projects and all of our fellows that we support. Okay, so if somebody can Google Mosier, M-O-S-S-I-E-R, correct, M-N, and they will come up with your nonprofit and your mission, the work that you're doing. Yes. Is that right? All right. And, um, and you got, I mean, you're barely out of college. Do I have that right? Correct. Less than a year. Okay. All right. And, oh, and we should share that you are also very recently the recipient of a fellowship is that right correct with the finnovation lab in downtown tell us, Minneapolis. tell us about the finnovation lab and how did you fit into that yeah so jackie berglund of finnegan's brewing company the bush foundation and impact hub concocted this vision to support five fellowships uh, for young social entrepreneurs here in Minnesota. And so there's, it's really hard as a young person, as really as a social entrepreneur in general, uh, to get funding and support for your business idea. And so they set up a nine-month fellowship that includes weekly curriculum. We each receive $50,000 in a year of space at the Finnovation Lab, which is a new co-working space in town. Okay. And so that's just brand new with the fellowship is that right yeah we're on week four right okay. now well congratulations thank you i'm very thrilled for you yes and uh if you haven't been to finnegan's uh, audience members it's a very cool place in downtown uh, minneapolis just very close to actually to where i live um not that i hang out there um but um but upstairs they have this workspace correct yep correct okay all right and so um so Mosier is doing something fairly incredible by going overseas to work with LGBT groups. Why not uh, groups that are in the U.S.? Well, the way that we've kind of pitched it to people is we're actually, we have this local, national, and global focus because what we do actually abroad is supported by Minnesota-based organizations. So our, our goal is to work with companies in Minnesota that have a presence in Kenya to help us, you know, advise us on chicken vaccinations or advise us on where to buy chicken feed for Lando Lakes, for example. Ah, okay. All right. Well, and I know about the Lando Lakes folks quite a bit. Well, um, Nick, when we come back, all right, we'll talk more about Mosier, and then I want to really talk about you, Perfect. young idealist. Um, listeners, you've been listening to me, Ellie Krug on LE 2.0 Radio, a different kind of radio show, if you haven't figured that out already. Uh, one that taps into the idealism that all of us have where we long for a better, more inclusive world. If you like what you hear, uh, visit my website at elliekrug.com. Email me at elliejkrug um, at gmail.com. We'll be back in a second. Thanks. Branding Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. This is Pat with PJW Automotive in New Brighton. I've been in business long enough to know that if you want to stand out, you better be the best. That's why I've assembled a top-notch team of automotive specialists who do the job right the first time. Bringing your car or truck to PJW Automotive is an investment in the future of your vehicle. Try us once and you'll see it's worth the drive to PJW Automotive. One exit north of 694 on 35W and online at pjwauto.com. Hello humans, it's Ellie Krug with Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. 
Many know that I have a diversity and inclusion company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I want to share about a speaking event I'll be hosting on Monday, November 5th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Loft Literary Center in Minneapolis. I'll be giving my gray area thinking talk on how to be welcoming to others. I'd love for you to join me. Go to elliekrug.com and look at the Human is Human public events page for more. Please come and please tell others. See you then. With all the convenient big box stores that sell appliances, why do so many Minnesotans choose Warner Stellion? Check online to learn that Warner Stellion is a Minnesota family-owned business for over 60 years. Warner Stellion sells more brands than anyone else, and our passionate specialists are committed to impressing you so much that you'll refer us to everyone you know. That's our mission here at Warner Stellion. Ask around, check us out online, and when it's your time to buy appliances, join over 300,000 Minnesota homeowners and choose the specialists, Warner Stellion. At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education, and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging, and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today will be sunny with a high of 42 and a low around 33. Tuesday, sunny with a high near 51 and a low of 32. Wednesday will be sunny once again with a high of 48 and a low in the mid-30s. Big Bear Lodge invites you to enjoy the Boundary Waters without packing a tent. The Lodge is a lakeside sauna, offers breakfast, homemade artisan pizzas, bison burgers, plus delicious beer and wine. Come find your smile at Big Bear Lodge. Check them out at BigBearLodgeMN.com. Ellie 2.0 Radio, if you're on Facebook Live, which I hope you are. Hey, Facebook Live. <laughs> um, you see me doing my standard seat dancing when we have our bumper music, because I actually love to seat dance. Okay, well, we've been speaking with Nick Alm from MosierMN.org about work that Mosier is doing in Africa. And before I start talking about you, I want to pick up on something that you said right before our break, which is what you're attempting to do is to go to East Africa, now Kenya and Uganda, um, to work with LGBTQ entrepreneurs in those countries where they lack basic rights, but to help prop them up financially in their entrepreneurships. So I have all that correct? Correct. Okay. Well done. Yeah, well, I was a trial lawyer. I like to <laughs> lead, lead people. And, um, and what you're also trying to do is to make this relevant to Minnesota by partnering with Minnesota companies that have presences in East Africa. Do I have that right? Totally right. Okay, so how is it going to work? You're going to go over to Kenya in January, mm -hmm. is that right? And you told me off the air you've already sent thirty thousand dollars to Kenya. Yeah. And who did? Where did that money go? The thirty thousand. So it went between two businesses that we funded. Okay. One in Nairobi, which is a taxi cab, and ah, one okay. in northern Kenya, which is a chicken farm. Tell us about those two businesses. So we're partnered with two separate organizations in Kenya that have facilitated all of the the money transfers and the actual creation of the businesses. And so. It's been quite a journey because, for example, with the chicken farm, we're dealing with an LGBT refugee population, and they had to stop work on the farm this past summer for two months because of death threats that occurred during um, at, during and after a pride demonstration that they had in June. Wow! So it's it's um, there's a re the reason we started Mojo is because no one wants to fund people in these situations for a lot of different reasons. There's safety risks and there's a lot of um, it's, it's a high-risk philanthropy, let's put it that way. And so the good news is 82 chickens just arrived at the farm uh, two weeks ago. So now it's time to go to Kenya, look at the businesses, see what kind of revenue we're generating, see what kinds of employment opportun opportunities are being created. And 
establish those on the ground partners with Minnesota based groups. Okay. And are you, when you go to Kenya in January, are you bringing anybody from Minnesota with you from any of these businesses? Uh, the goal is that I will meet with people at, from Minnesota based companies who are actually stationed in Kenya. Okay. All right. And so you're on this end here in Minnesota making those contacts and getting people to say, okay, we will have our people in Kenya work with you. Correct. All right. How, and what do you, what kind of reaction are you having here in Minnesota about all this? You know, people in general love the idea. I think it's really shocking in a lot of ways what we're doing. Uh, a lot of companies and organizations, when we sit down with them at first, are a little confused about what the strategy is and why we would be tackling an issue like this. And uh, But it doesn't take too long to get people to come around and see that what we're doing is actually part of this much bigger picture, uh, which is that in this country and all over the world, we have to fight for economic justice for our community and allow people in Kenya to figure out their own roadmap to marriage equality as opposed to going in and telling them how to do it. Okay. All right. So this is about letting seeing people for who they are. Correct. So let's get to Nick. Nick yes, Ohm. Yes. Okay. You are 22 years old. I am looking at somebody that, I, you know, uh, who is bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and um, very energetic, which I absolutely love. Yes. How in the world did you become an idealist at such an early age? And not only an idealist in theory, but now one that's very practical. I have a concept of practical idealism. Sure. Not, not pie in the sky, but, yeah. you know, wanting... To, how, how did this happen to you? Well, I think the first step was going to business school, which is the land of practicality and the land of, you know, budgets and Well, no, no, no. I want to go back beyond... I want beyond to go that. back further. What was it in mm. you... What was it in you growing up, Nick, that caused you? I mean, what? How old were you when you came out as gay? I was yes. seventeen. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, what was it about your upbringing mm -hmm. that caused you to care? Yeah. About humans to such a degree yeah. that you would put um, some of your um, you're putting your reputation, and when you go to Kenya, you'll be putting your life on the line. Yeah. I was bullied pretty extensively all throughout elementary school and junior high. So I was the kid who would wear makeup on the bus and kind of got totally, um, you know, verbally and physically abused for it. And okay. so... What town was this in? This was in Stillwater, Minnesota. Okay, in Stillwater. Yeah, yep. I'm going there actually tomorrow. Uh, well, I'm going to um, Washington County Washington tomorrow County. to train. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it's... Um, so that, that probably was where a lot of this started for me, where... You know, from a very young age, I was the other. And from a very young age, I was kind of told that the way that I was and who uh, my true self was, but did not fit in within this societal mold. And then as life went on, I learned that, that, that the, my true self didn't fit in in a school setting and in any academic setting and a business setting and all of the jobs that I've had. I was routinely told that who I was was not allowed to come into that space. Okay. But... But Nick, you understand that the vast majority, and this is my community as well, the vast majority of us, when we're told that, we retreat, we go into depression. That's why we have such high incidences of depressions and attempted suicides right. and all that. You did not do that. You went in a different direction. You said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be me, obviously. Right. And you said, not only am I going to be me, but I am going to try and change this world. Right. That's what I wanted. What, did you have a, a parent or a, a mm -hmm. figure in your life that... Yeah. There was a lot of privileges, I think, that I experienced that really kept me on the right track. And it was going to a high school with a top-ranked music program where I could play the violin and excel at that and take that to the highest level I possibly could. It was having two parents who accepted me when I came out to them and uh, a large family that, for the most part, accepted me. Uh, it was supportive friends who were all 4.0 students, who were all college-bound, who all saw a potential for themselves and I surrounded myself with those people and that I think is what helped get me to the next level uh, time and time again. But how did you get focused on wanting to change the world? I mean mm -hmm. there's getting to the level of yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the best for me and, and, and thank goodness that's the case for you but how did you get focused on the world? You know I mean I tell the story of listening to Dr. King and Robert F. Kennedy. They were alive when I was alive. I mean, I was touched by their words. Right. How about for you? 
You know, for me, I think it was when I sat in a corporate ethics class, my very first year of college, and I was so profoundly disappointed in what I saw as an amazing and astounding capacity to do good in the world by the business community uh, that was being left on the table. And I so desperately from those very first days wanted to shake that up and slowly but surely realize that there's very few rules within the business world where you can actually do that. Uh, and that was where this entrepreneurial identity started to sprout and I realized that I've been outside of the box since day one and so why stop now? I, I think that's a really great, you know, mindset for mm -hmm. sure. But you're breaking all, you are breaking molds, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you know, you're doing all kinds of things that people would say is contrarian. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, um, and how are, are your parents supporting you and on what you're doing right now? Are they like behind you? Totally. I think they have a lot of questions and it's a little confusing sometimes and I don't know how well they can actually uh, recite what it is that I do day to day, but they, they've been totally supportive of me since day one. So how are you, um, because us idealists keep getting barraged um, with <clears throat> negativity mm -hmm. about the world, so how are you staying positive? How are you yeah. doing... You know, and I think that this is, listeners, this is where you perk up. I Hopefully you've been perked up this whole interview, but let's hear from a young person about how you are, you're staying positive in this world of so much negativity. Yeah. For me personally, this may not work for everybody, but I rely so heavily on my higher power and my place in this universe and what I feel is kind of this direct line of energy bringing me towards something that is good and I'm very blessed and grateful because at such a young age I found something that aligns so strongly to my core values and to who I am as a person and I have this thing in my head this vision this this energy that I see every day and it's so bright and it's so amazing and I it took me a while to do this, but I just learned to routinely turn to that when the news headlines are awful, when it seems like everything that we're trying to do is stacked against us. I turn to that vision in my head and the people in my life who see that vision also, and we walk in that direction even though we really don't know what's what's out there. Okay, but you have to have, I mean, to a certain extent, faith. There's mm -hmm. no question about it. But I think that thing in your head that you talk about is really critical for us idealists because mm -hmm. we have to we have to see see at least you know I think of Plato's forms. Okay, so let's not go too deep here, Ellie. But well, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. But you know the I mean Plato talked about the forms, which were this highest level of um, perfection in one way or another. And and certainly when I think about my work, not that it's I don't want to turn this into Ellie Krug here, but I do have this vision in my head about how the world can be a better place if only we could do this. If only, if only you, um, disagreeable person, could understand this. And let me, I, I, let me try and show you because I'm not going to give up trying to show you in a kind and gentle way. And so you're pushing, and and you're, I mean, you're interacting with a lot of people with a lot of money, um, who have learned how to do things a certain way, right? And you're telling them we can do things a different way, right? And, and are you getting rejected? All the time. <laughs> All the time. Okay. Probably, a, yeah, I always say 100 no's for every, you know, one huge yes. Or okay. 20, 20 little no's for, for one yes, you know. But, but you're still pushing ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And to get like a fellowship from the uh, Finnovation Lab, I mean, that has to help you feel good about what right. you're doing. There are those moments like receiving this fellowship where everything becomes validated and you realize, okay, the last six months of no's led to this one really huge yes, so I must be doing something right. So my unsolicited persistence or advice in the last one minute and 20 seconds is about persistence. Yes. The one thing that I have found that makes us idealists different than non-idealists is that we are willing to persist. We are willing to keep pushing at times when most people would absolutely give up. 
So I would I urge you to remember that. You obviously have that lesson down. Um, Nick, uh, again, um, in the last few seconds we have, if people want to find out about Mosier, uh, MN.org, how do they do that? Yeah, social media, at Mosier, M-N, Facebook and Instagram now. Uh, and our website is www.mosier.org. And you, and you take uh, contributions? Oh, we take contributions. Yes, okay. we do. All right. Well, Nick um, from Mosier, um, MN.org, thank you so very much for being on LE 2.0. I love seeing young idealists, and I really applaud you for what you're doing. Thank you for having me so much. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. Audience, we've been, you've been listening to me, Ellie Krug, interviewing Nick Ohm from MosierMN.org about his work. Um, please go to their website to learn more. When we come back, I'll do my uh, last segment uh, about my work. Thanks so very much. Hello, humans. It's Ellie Krug with Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many know that I have a diversity and inclusion company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I want to share about a speaking event I'll be hosting on Monday, November 5th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Loft Literary Center in Minneapolis. I'll be giving my gray area thinking talk on how to be welcoming to others. I'd love for you to join me. Go to elliekrug.com and look at the Human is Human public events page for more. Please come and please tell others. See you then. Are you worried because the pain, numbness, tingling, or burning in your feet never seems to go away? You may feel like Lyrica or Gabapentin never seem to fix your problem. Many of you are concerned because your sleep, walking, and balance problems are only getting worse. At Woodbury and Plymouth Neuropathy Care, we've helped thousands of patients reverse their neuropathy symptoms without harmful drugs or painful injections. I had a lot of tingling in my feet and my legs were extremely hot. So you went through our neuropathy program. What yes. has changed about your feet? Oh my gosh, the tingling is gone. I don't feel any tingling at all. That's a big relief because now I can sleep all night. Just been very happy with the treatment. Got good results. It's truly a life changer. Call Woodbury and Plymouth Neuropathy Care today to schedule your free neuropathy severity consultation to see if our treatment methods are right for you. Call 763-325-4998. That's 763-325-4998. 763-325-4998. I am Athena Janakis Karras, and my family invites you to join us at It's Greek to Me on the corner of Lake and Lindale. Since purchasing this iconic restaurant two years ago, our Passion has been building upon the traditional by infusing the menu and space with modern interpretations of classic Greek cuisine, sourcing fresh, authentic ingredients and recipes cultivated from our Greek heritage. Your meal will be quintessentially Greek. Find its Greek to me at 626 Westlake Street in Minneapolis or at its Greek to me mn.com. Are you looking for deals? The holidays are coming, and now is the time to spruce up your space. Designer Rehab is moving east with a limited two-weekend liquidation sale just outside of Stillwater. Find sofas, chairs, tables, art, and more at amazingly low prices. Two weekends only, starting this Friday at the Old McCormick's Furniture Store at 13435 60th Street North in Stillwater. And check out Designer Rehab's Facebook page, for details. Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. back on AM 950 LD 2.0 radio. This is me, your host, Ellie Krug. Hello. Oh my goodness. You, um, unless you're on Facebook live, you could not see Nick, um, as he was giving his interview, but I, I'm looking at this very bright eyed, bushy tailed 22 year old who absolutely projects confidence and mission and intentionality uh, oh, I, Nick, you, you give me such hope in the world that 
yes, we will get it changed, that yes, we will get it right. So thank you, Nick, for your work. Please follow him on Facebook. Follow his organization, Mosher.org. Now, let me talk about my work a little bit. In this Block C, I talk about my work. Um, the station manager here is like, Ellie, we want you to talk about what you're doing as an idealist. And for those of you who don't know, I speak and train across North America um, about diversity and inclusion, particularly about human inclusivity. I speak at Fortune 100 companies, court systems, businesses, law firms, nonprofits, county and state governments. I mean, you name it. And I'm very lucky. I'm on track right now this year to probably do somewhere between 150 and 160 trainings and talks. But I also belong to a social services organization, we won't name it, where um, as part of our you know, programming for our organization, we bring in speakers who speak to the membership. You know, this happens on a weekly basis. We meet once a week. Of late, there's been um, a number of speakers that have been deemed too political because they've said something, not necessarily about Republicans or Democrats, but they've talked about social issues. And so this has triggered a real debate in our club. Um, the club is heavy on white people, very heavy on that. Um, it has a split of probably about 70% men, 30% women, and it is uh, mainly um, middle, middle income, higher, up, you know, upper middle income to certainly upper income for sure. So as this thing about speakers has gone on, one person even said that he believed that diversity and inclusion become a weapon. That was the word he used, weapon, which was for me doing this work, which is my work is about humanity and about being human and about compassion. Um, that was pretty shocking to hear. And for me, really, with my social service group, it's a question of marketplace of ideas. Our founding fathers, which admittedly were all rich white men, believed in the idea of hearing other points of view, the value of give and take between those points of view. Today, of course, we have uh, demonized the other side, as I said earlier in the show. And our marketplace, frankly, is at risk of being shuttered. And for sure, what there is of the marketplace is um, guarded by heavily armed security guards um, in that marketplace and being very, um, um, uh, you know, hyperbolic here, but it's true. I mean, uh, it, it's very difficult to get your opinion out in, in places where you are not, quote, one, quote, unquote, one of us. So, you know, and I have to contrast that by the fact that last week I spent two days at the Bushnell Performing Arts uh, center in Hartford, Connecticut. What a wonderful place. Oh, my goodness. Um, at their main theater, by the way, they have the largest hand-painted mural in the United States. It's 800 feet long. And um, just incredibly beautiful place, incredibly wonderful people at the Bushnell. And I spoke to five or 600 people. Um, I did eight events, four gray area thinking trainings, and four community roundtables where we talked about diversity and inclusion. At one of those roundtables, a woman, I mean, she just rocked me, a woman said a word that I think has been missing from the current dialogue, and that word is humanity. She said, we don't talk about humanity nearly enough anymore. We've got, and in fact, um, we have forgotten our common humanity, all of us as Americans, as humans, as people, people inhabiting this world. Look at Nick Alm trying to go across the world um, because of common humanity. And we've all forgotten the struggle of what it means to survive the human condition. I mean, we all want the same thing. We do. We want our children to succeed. We want to be free of physical or emotional violence. We all want 20 minutes of peace. We do. And all of us want to love and be loved. Those are what I just described for you are what I call the four commonalities, that all humans share those commonalities. And so when I was in Hartford and I heard this woman say, we have forgotten about humanity, about our common humanity with all people. And I was like, yep, that's exactly true. We have forgotten it. But you know, it's true. I mean, as you are listening to people who are on the red side, 
you know, or on some side that you're not on, as you're listening to them, please remember they have the same things, those same four commonalities going for them as they are going for you. They do, even though you might not believe it, they do. They want their children to succeed just like we do. And in order for that to happen, we have to have good schools. We don't have to have blue schools or red schools. We just need to have good schools. That's how we can get there. Now, if I've, for the last several shows, I've been talking about my public event that's going to take place on November 5th in downtown Minneapolis at Open Book, uh, the Loft Literary Center on Washington Avenue from 6.30 to 8.30. I'm going to be giving my gray area thinking training to the public. Yes, there's a slight charge because I got to pay for the space, but, but I would love for you to come. I would love for you to be there. If you have been wondering, how do I talk about things? How do I, how can I be kind and more open to people who are quote unquote other or different from me or my tribe? This is the talk for you. This is the place to come. I will give you a tool set. Gray area thinking is a tool set on how to be more welcoming to other people. To learn more about this um, event on November 5th at the Loft Literary Center from 6.30 to 8.30, you need to go to either my website at elliekrug.com, look for on the, on the menu bar, Human is Human public events page. There'll be a link on there where you can... Um, reserve a seat or two or maybe more for gray area thinking or you can just google gray area thinking eventbrite that's the ticketing service eventbrite and it will come up i would love to see you there i want to fill the place i have seating for 120 people we are selling tickets so please it's a good time for you to buy tickets and i'd love to see you there you'll find out about illy krug you'll find out about my work you'll find out most importantly You'll be in a room with people who want to learn how to be good to other people. Okay, well, you've been listening to me, Ellie Krug, one of the relatively few transgender radio hosts in the world with Ellie 2.0 Radio on AM 950. If you like what you hear, share about this show. We have podcasts. Every one of these shows goes on to podcasts on the AM 950 website. A big thanks to our sponsors, the Pride Institute, which is a drug and alcohol residential and outpatient recovery center, and Brending Electrolysis. Tell Bev uh, that Ellie sent you, because I'll tell you, Bev does great work. A big shout-out and big thanks to my uh, producer, Brett Johnson. Brett, you are just so quite wonderful. And listeners, please come back. I really, I'd love to have you as regular listeners, and for those of you who come, thanks. Take care. Bye-bye.